Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, three and a half minutes left in the first period at the Memorial Cup, Peterborough and Quebec. No one has scored. The Blue Jays lead the Brewers 7-2 in the top of the ninth. They are trying to close that one out. Stanley Cup final starts Saturday right here on 6.30. Jed, 6 o'clock for the game time. Florida at Vegas. And then game two is uh, Monday, so we won't have inside sports on Monday. We'll have the game. Cool. I get a long weekend, Kellen. I better hey, find right I, I better find a book to read. I kick back, watch some hockey. Well, I will watch the game too. Yes. 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 All right. So I uh, love talking to this next gentleman. He's uh, been coming on the show now for several years. Time flies. Going back to his days with the uh, U of A Golden Bears. He's currently playing basketball with the Edmonton Stingers in the CEBL. They have a home game tomorrow at 7.30 at the Expo Center against the Niagara River Lions. I am pleased to welcome back to the show Brody Clark. Brody, how are you doing? Reed, man, thanks for having me on again. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, are you almost 27 years of age? <clears throat> I'll be 27 years of age in less than a week, yes. My goodness, time flies. Well, uh, you, you literally have been coming on this show for uh, probably six or seven years, so thanks for doing that. You're always fun to talk to. Yeah, it's it's always good to come on and, and chat it up with you guys. It's been, you know, it's a nice way to kind of connect with the Edmonton community here, and uh, I love being a part of the sports community out here, so it's been awesome. It's been a great, great few years. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about, um, but you know where I have to start. Yeah. I was at the game Sunday, and unfortunately, your Edmonton Stingers uh, suffered the uh, worst loss in the brief history of the CEBL Elam ending. You were up by 16, 73-57. The target score was 82, and you guys fell 82-81. You were out there. How how did it slip away from you guys? Uh, I think that, you know, a couple of things happened. For one, Calgary changed their defense uh, immediately and started pressing, and we were a little bit mm, rattled by that. And then uh, as it kind of went on, we struggled to figure out how to, you know, figure out one-on-one defense. And uh, ultimately, we just couldn't score all of a sudden. We kind of hit a drought, and we were almost being too unselfish uh, with things. And then, of course, I went and missed three free throws uh, in a crucial part of the game. So, yeah, it was frustrating. They couldn't stop the bleeding when it really came down to it. But this is sports, you know. Sometimes uh, (laughs) crazy things like that happen, and it sucks to be on this side of it. But... Um, we're going to try to take the positives from the first 36 minutes of that game and turn it into something that we can we can build on and, and you know get better from for tomorrow and all the other all the other games going forward. Pardon me. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking about that. And uh, you're right. I mean, especially uh, late in the third and throughout the fourth quarter until they shut the clock off. You, you guys were really pulling away. Tell me about the the feeling in the Elam ending because I, I, I like it. The game ends on a basket. The team that's behind can't foul to stop the clock. There's no sense doing that because the clock doesn't run and you don't want to give up any points at all. And, and look, if that was a traditional game, you guys can probably milk the clock and get the win. So like, tell me how the the vibe changes and you guys have won games. I mean, you won championships with Elam ending too. So how does it, how does it change once that kicks in? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I'm going to try to, you know, <laughs> say this as lightly as possible, but it's uh, just something that most of us are not at all used to on a consistent basis. And it pretty much flips the game from your traditional five on five, 40 minutes of basketball to, well, we're going to play 36 minutes of basketball and then we're going to, uh, essentially like get out on the court and on the blacktop and play first to nine, (laughs) the last part. And, uh, I mean, I guess in their case it was first 25 and somehow they still beat us, but, um, it's different. It's, uh, obviously for, for the fans, it makes it really interesting. Right. Um, but the vibe definitely changes because teams like to approach it, uh, in a variety of different ways. Um, I think that our philosophy is very much, you know, we just keep playing possession basketball like we had been um, throughout the, the other 36 minutes of the game. But uh, obviously we don't have enough experience when they switch up the tempo on their end too to, you know, figure out how to how to take those hits and dish them back out. So um, it definitely creates an exciting atmosphere. And at the same time, a uh, little bit of a feeling of... Uh, disappointment when you're in a situation like that and you know it could be in in any other situation a good opportunity for starters to sit and uh guys to get a little bit of extra time and you know us to run through some stuff through that last four minutes of the game and get better and uh, unfortunately then we got to go back out there and try to get nine points as fast as possible and the focus has shifted so um it is what it is you know we got to find a way through it you sound like you're not a fan of it I am neither a fan nor an opponent. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I show up to work, and I do what I'm being asked to do. Okay, fair enough. But you did point, because I I have liked it, and I've seen it in action, but you you make a good point. Sometimes there's that late game time. You get other guys get to play who don't usually play. They get some experience, and, you know, like you said, you did earn that lead through 36 minutes, and, and then you just didn't sort of uh, to get to enjoy it in the end. Anyway, we'll move off that. Thanks for talking about it. You guys <laughs> yeah, are no on to, to other games. Uh, tell, do you know anything about Niagara, the team you're you're uh, you're playing tomorrow? I, I know they got a great name, the River Lions. Uh, you, uh-huh. uh, what, what about these guys? I mean, I know they're playing right now against Calgary, and I'm about to throw that on as soon as I, I get off this. But, um, you know, they're they're perennially a very talented team. They're well-coached. Um, they obviously are, um, you know, they bring in a lot of good talent. Uh, they have good management and, and ownership and all that, and so they're always a tough opponent. Um, I wouldn't say that we necessarily have any type of a rivalry with them, so I think it's, you know, a relatively – uh, normal CEBL game like any other you might be going into, nothing like a Battle of Alberta, but uh, similar to us in their first game, it looked like they were struggling to figure out their offense. Um, they have some length and some size and, and some, some serious athletes, though, and all guys that we've played against in the past, and, and they've given headaches, so um, we know we're going to be going into a, a talented matchup, and um, it's going to be interesting. I, it's, I think it's going to be a, a battle of the rebounds and then figuring out if we can control the pace of the game for 40, well, 36 plus minutes. <laughs> yeah, however long it takes. Uh, Brody Clark <laughs> from the Edmonton Stingers joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Where did you play? Uh, were you overseas during the winter? <clears throat> yeah, this season I played in Poland out of a small city called Stargard. And how was that? 
It was really good, actually. I got to say, I, I walked into a really good situation. I liked my coach. Um, he, you know, was very interested in, in my personal development as a player. I, I typically played a lot of, uh, you know, low post five basketball um for the most of my career and uh as i started to shoot the ball better and better he saw me and but when he was recruiting me last summer was very determined to turn me into more of a stretch four, your traditional you know european dirk nowitzki style maybe not quite as good as dirk nowitzki but that uh you know brand and um he was good. He he really helped me with my development, and I loved the style that we played. And, you know, we were probably a team in the league with bottom five budget, and we finished in fifth, and it was a historical season for the club. And, you know, overall, from a 10,000-foot view, it was a success. You know, it was really good. Uh, we crashed and burned at the end, but, you know, only one team in every league can finish on a win, so... It is what it is. What, what was the city like, and how do you enjoy experiencing a little bit of the European uh, lifestyle and sports scene? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, we were we were about 30 minutes from the biggest, the closest big city in Poland called Szczecin, and about two hours from Berlin. So there was a lot of good opportunity to get out and see some stuff that you've never seen before and just sort of um, immerse yourself in other cultures in that way. Our coach was good with, like, time off and, you know, managing our bodies and, and our stress levels in that way. So it was good. It was really cool. I always loved being able to go and try to learn a bit of a different language and just, you know, walk around the streets and see how different it is for just the parts of the culture that you don't even really think about when you're home, like how are there bakeries and, you know, why we have in our shoppers drug mart, for example, we have uh, the pharmacy. Well, their, their pharmacies are different buildings than where you might get your, you know, shower stuff. You right. know, it's just like, <laughs> it's always, it's always uh, different every time you go somewhere new to just see the way that, that culture operates um these you know we were in a really welcoming town great fans um not a lot of english being spoken so you're kind of left to the wolves in that department but because of how close we were to some of the bigger cities there's some good traveling to be had and um obviously doing well in basketball makes it all a lot easier because your job is going well while you're over there so it was it was a really cool experience this year. So, so what language was spoken on the court then and in practice Oh, English, English. Okay, yeah, I think this is what, something that's it's really interesting. I mean, maybe not in countries like, I mean, Spain, uh, where they're pretty strict about doing things in Spanish, or maybe some of the other Eastern European countries. I'm not going to get too into names, but in the most part, um, basketball is an English sport. And it's funny because even when you go to, like I played in Germany for a couple of years, and they would chat to each other the Germans, for example, a bunch on the court in German, and you would just hear them start dropping words like blah, 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 pick and roll, da, 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 V cut. Like there are words that are just English words and they're basketball words and they don't exist in any other language. So it's pretty easy to follow along, but also, I mean, my coach was not Polish and so we spoke English. Okay, interesting. All right, so 7.30 tomorrow at the Flair Airlines hangar. Uh, you guys are playing Niagara. Like you said, they're playing Calgary right now. I uh, hope it's another great crowd, Brody. I was there uh, I was there Sunday. You guys get good support. So uh, get a win tomorrow, and let's do this again, man. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. It was an awesome crowd yesterday, so hopefully we got the same tomorrow. The Edmonton fans have been awesome, and it was awesome to talk to you today, Reed. Thank you very much. That is Brody Clark checking in from your Edmonton Stingers, former U of A Golden Bear. As he was telling, he's played in Europe. Germany just played in uh, Poland uh, over the winter into the spring. Uh, a great player, works hard out on the court. Like he said, you know, he's had some tough moments, as most of the team did, especially in that Elime ending against Calgary, but they're looking to bounce back tomorrow night. It is 7.47. we got to call a quick Quick timeout inside sports on Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, uh, Blue Jays do win it 7-2 tonight over the Milwaukee Brewers. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, our hotline, 780-496-0063. Presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Some good guests tonight. Kelly Rudy, Mookie Mitchell, Brody Clark was just on the show. Been hearing from you as well. Mm -hmm. Which innovation that you've seen come to prominence in your lifetime in sports broadcasting could you now not live without when watching to or listening a game started talking about this because i was referencing the election coverage last night we had david aiken on global at the at the screen doing the touchscreen stuff zooming in on the writings cnn did that with john king other networks have copied and now i can't imagine watching election coverage without that so we said what what in sports could you now not imagine uh, not having when you consume a game. We've had some interesting answers. Somebody mentioned this, the sound, which was mm-hmm. which was cool for for a radio show. Uh, high definition. That that was a big one. Uh, what I, I'm already forgetting what we uh, we had some really good ones. Uh, one person called in. Mark called in and said just audio tape that mm-hmm. you know Howard Cosell could tape the coaches before the game and play back what they said so they couldn't say that they were misquoted so things like that we talked about the scoreboard bug that has the time remaining or the inning or whatever the down and distance the score that's always on the screen all the time now the first down line in football I think would be one for me what else Kellen? And variety of camera angles and and so on and so forth. But we have our clear winner for the the uh, the night on this topic. Read uh, a couple of unknown textures and Rod from Stony Plain says uh, high definition, high definition, high definition TV HD TV by far uh, the one with the most uh, answers on our text line tonight for that invention. But I also got one here from Wayne who texts in and says that he loves the slow motion replays. It gives you in football accurate representations in regards to pass interference or the ball breaking the plane of the goal line. Yeah. He also goes on to add to say that it's surprising in the NFL how often the referees' calls were dead on. The players aren't the only pros. Yes, they make mistakes, but I don't think a game has ever been played where the players were perfect either. That's from Wayne. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good message uh, message for sure, and that's that's a really good way to look at at high definition, which has been a, a massive leap. I mean, certainly, if you if you watch a standard definition. Well, we don't broadcast in standard definition no, anymore, anymore. But if you have, you know, see highlights on YouTube or something like that, or well, actually, while we're doing this, they got some old footage of Patrick Waugh arguing with a coach that's in standard definition. It looks a little bit off. It doesn't look totally clear. But we mm. used to watch games and like that all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's all we do at one time, and then HD hits in the late 2000s, and it's eye-opening, eye-catching for sure. Yeah. Uh, we also got some responses in read on, uh, you know, just the uh, random talk, or not random topics, but the topics and uh, some of the guests and that stuff that we had tonight on the show here, uh, such as Mark, who's texted in and said uh, in response to, uh, I believe Kelly Rudy was talking, or you posed the question to Kelly Rudy, does a long layoff affect a team going into the the cup final yes mark says oil the oilers had a 11 day off break before the final in 2006 they have said in the past that it took a while to get their game back yeah it could i mean that's the thing i i would still sooner just advance and move on to the next round uh, you know vegas ultimately wound up winning against dallas but hey that series could have gone to seven games and then dallas could have won so it's it's the rest versus rust argument. I if I were a if I were a coach, which I never will be, but you know what I'm saying. What if I, I would still take the rest? I would still say I'd sooner just advance and not worry about losing, not worry about injuries, something bad happening, anything like that. But yeah, I guess we'll see for Florida. I mean, that definitely is a long break. Mm-hmm. And Richard texts in about the Elam ending in the CEBL. Yes. Says he doesn't get the point of this strange ending. It's almost as as if the first 36 minutes don't matter then. That's from Richard. Well, they matter a lot if you build up a big lead, which the Stingers did, but you still got to finish. I, I don't mind it. And, and again, the point is this. And, and look, you can go back and forth. The point is this. The game ends on a basket. The, the game will always end on somebody scoring the basket that gets you to the point threshold and one of the complaints I have about basketball and I think other people have is that sometimes when it's in that range you know six to ten points one team is in control but it's close enough final two minutes the losing team will commit fouls to stop the clock and then hope the other team misses a a free throw or two and they'll slowly chip away at, at the lead that way that's a pointless strategy in the Elam ending you would never do that so the game keeps being played normally so to speak and you have to keep scoring and and the team that's ahead can't run out the clock they they got to get those nine points i like it i think it works in the cbl i don't know if the nba or anything like that would ever do it but uh, i i think it's entertaining and i think it's good that uh like i said the game ends on a basket but but fair question for sure hey uh we'll talk to you tomorrow everybody thanks for listening